What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Send it. If you've been here for a few weeks, we've been talking about send it, which is really kind of a uh, a message talking about the Holy Spirit. And even what just happened was very much Holy Spirit-led and, uh, and, and very powerful. And, uh, and you know what? That's, that's something that the Holy Spirit tends to do in these moments and in these environments is when you give God permission, sometimes you, you can't be taken back when God takes you up on the offer. And, uh, and whether that's in the moment like that, whether it's miss- missions, whether it's uh, you know, taking, taking the time on a Mother's Day to come and honor God in the house of God and, and or whether it's just in your everyday life. The Holy Spirit is looking for people and looking for opportunities to move and work through you. And so, so we're going to continue that today. And so I don't know if, you've, if, you've, uh, if you're new to Convo or, or maybe you've been to churches elsewhere and maybe on Mother's Day, there's a really pretty, flowery, cushy message about something. Uh, you're not going to get that today, but we do love all the moms and uh, we're going to make sure you get a cupcake, get a picture, get hugs. We love you. It's going to be amazing. But uh, the Holy Spirit has a message I feel like he wants to give today. And, uh, and, and yes, God knows it's Mother's Day, but he also is going to continue to challenge us, continue to grow us, continue to take us hopefully to new levels, not just in our relationship with God, but in how we walk out this thing, how we live for God as Jesus followers. And so, if you're, again, if you're here and, and you're not, then you're still in a safe place. You need to know that the people who are Jesus followers should say amen to that right there. If you are here and you're not sure about the whole thing yet, you don't know about church or Jesus, you're not sure if you believe, that's okay. You're in a safe place because this is an environment where where you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, and hopefully you'll have your faith built. And so we want to introduce you to Jesus, but we're not here to force Jesus on anybody. Um, God doesn't operate that way, so neither should we. But what we will do is we're going to love you, we're going to encourage you, we're going to introduce you to who God is, and hopefully through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will pursue you with love and with grace, and that's where relationship comes from. And that's what we're going to go after today. So, um, I, again, I'm, I'm so excited. Next week, there's a bunch of people that have been signing up to get baptized. We're doing that next week doing our, during our 11 o'clock experience. And, uh, and so if you haven't taken that step yet, and, and, but you have said yes to Jesus, then you're ready. You don't have to have 27 Bible verses memorized, and you don't have to you know, be perfect. And then, no, you take that step of faith. You go public with your faith, and you watch what happens in your life as a result of that step. And then next week, we get to party. Next Sunday night, Dream Team Night. We call it, it's Dream Team Night. Uh, it's for the Dream Team, but it's for everybody. That's just kind of what we do. Uh, it's definitely geared around our dream team, but everybody should be here. It's a celebration. If you're not on the dream team and you come to dream team night, I really, really hope that it would make you want to be on the dream team, and that's what we're, that's what we're hoping for. So uh, today also, um, I talked with our engaged team if you were, if you were going to hang out and, and do session two after our, our second experience today. Uh, we decided that um, it's better for the moms to have the freedom to go do stuff than for us to go through our process. So there's no engaged today. So no engaged moms who are serving, moms who are going to be in there, just, just go, go take a nap <laughs> go. or whatever you want to do. You go do that, okay? All right, let's go open the Bible to the book of Galatians, Galatians uh, chapter 5, 
Galatians chapter 5. This is in the New Testament, one of the letters that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And uh, the title of the message today is Raise the Standard. Somebody say, Raise the Standard. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to dive in and starting off in Galatians chapter 5 in verse 16. I want to read verses 16 through verse 25. I had to say that out loud or, or I would have forgotten. Verse 16 through 25. And it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's good by itself, isn't it? Like we could close the Bible and that's good stuff right there. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Happy Mother's Day. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. It's opposite. They're not, they're not commingling. It's an opposite thing taking place here. It said, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Everybody has good intentions, Right? But when you are directed by the Spirit, capital S, talking about Holy Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Did I say Happy Mother's Day yet? Happy Mother's Day. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad the chapter doesn't end right there? We, when it comes to dealing with sin, most of the Christian world ends with that verse. But God continues, amen? God continues. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Thank you, sir. Wow. I'll I'll do that in a second. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. His cross. That means it doesn't have to be your cross. They were nailed to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, maybe for some of us that's a statement of faith. We'll get, we're getting there. Living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And what part of your life? Every part of your life. The Spirit desires to lead you in every part of your life. So Jesus, in the moments that we have this morning, Father, I pray that you would come through so strongly, Holy Spirit, that you would be free here to take us and to lead us into new levels of freedom and new levels of life that comes from you. Lord, that you would help us to see the standard and raise the standard in our own lives and in the world around us as we dive into who you are, Holy Spirit, as we give you more and more permission and freedom in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. So when I was, I've said it before many times, I was a church kid. I grew up, I was a pastor's kid. Um, that doesn't make me better than anybody else. Actually, there's a, quite a few more challenges if you, if you want to get real about it. But uh, I loved youth ministry. I loved our youth group. And, and our group would get together occasionally during the warmer months of the year on Friday nights, and we would play Capture the Flag. Has anyone ever played Capture the Flag? See, the church I grew up in was an old farm. And so we had these two fields in the front. There's like 40 acres. So it wasn't just like in a small, I mean, it was, it was, it was all out. And so some of the, some of the teens uh, would really, I mean, they're showing up with camo, face paint, and they, they, were, they got into it. It became, it became a culture, the, the capture the flag culture. If you're not familiar with capture the flag, you got 
basically you have two teams, two bases, each one has a flag, and the whole goal is to somehow get over without being captured or tagged, get the flag of the opposing team and take it back to your, to your fort, to your base, and whatever team did that first one. Now, you know, and that was a lot of fun. We had fun with that, but that was, you know, that whole game is kind of loosely pulled from, you know, kind of the, the war environment where, you know, where, whether it's a, a country or a nation or whatever, whoever was battling would try to capture, whether it was a fort or a nation or a territory, and instead of taking their flag and going back home, they would actually raise a new flag what, where their enemy's flag used to be, and that was, that was called raising the standard. And so the flag would actually represent the standard of a new people group, a new nation, saying, hey, what you used to live by before is no longer going to be the standard by which you live now. There's a new standard in town, and it's going to impact your culture, your lifestyle. It would change everything. And so it's not too different when we look in the kingdom of God. God's not coming to do war and battle us and conquer us. No, he sent Jesus to actually take the penalty and the price for us. But God does desire, desire to raise a clear standard for us. And a clear standard is a, a rallying point to give people clear identity, clear culture, clear direction, and a vision to build on and to move forward. Now, if, we, if you were to go all the way back and look at the, the standard that God desired to establish, we can go all the way back to Genesis, the first book in the Bible. From the beginning, God created everything, including humanity, with a specific standard in mind. The standard was a sinless relationship between God and humanity. And humanity was to have dominion and stewardship over God's creation from a position of sinless perfection. Now, does it kind of feel like we've gotten slightly away from that original, from the original standard? Yeah, we, we've kind of, we, we zigged when we should have zagged, right? We, we've gone left when we should have gone right, those type of things. But here's the cool thing, is that instead of, of us receiving punishment from God because we have changed his standard, he sent Jesus, his only son, to, to basically capture the flag, if you will, and raise a new standard by which we could come back into relationship with God and begin to restore the original intent that God had for humanity and for the world. Amen. So God's standard, listen, this is, we're like, well, what is God's standard? God's standard is a standard of holiness, of righteousness, of being free from sin. And this is important right here, not of our own efforts. If you are holy because you are acting holy, that's not holiness. If you are righteous because you are acting righteous, you are self-righteous. And that's not, that's not what God is looking for. If you, are, if you are actively trying to keep yourself free from sin by your own efforts and your own, you know, just going crazy, trying not to do the wrong thing, that's not the way to do it. That's why we need Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said in John 16, he told his disciples who had followed him around for three and a half years, it's better if I go than for me to stay. Because if I go, then I can send my spirit, I can send the advocate, I can send Holy Spirit, and he will come and be inside of you all. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, now it's no longer our strength that is trying to make this standard happen. When the Holy Spirit comes, all of a sudden, now we have supernatural power from God, God's own spirit working through us to raise the standard back to what God's original intent actually was. So Adam and Eve, you know, I want to talk to them one day. I ask them a few questions. I don't know if it will really be, it'll matter by that time. 
But you kind of wonder. It's like he kind of had, had a good thing going on. What were you thinking? <clears throat> but I think we could probably be asked the same question to ourselves, right? It's like, hey, God has revealed himself. God, ha- you know, what you thinking? What you doing? Why are you making that decision? Why are you living that way? Why are you choosing this when you know what God's doing over here? So we could all be asked that question, right? So I think it's important for us to understand, though, is that, is that God is at work restoring his standard throughout humanity. He's doing it through Jesus, but he's empowering it through the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going today. So it's important for us to understand there are, there are two angles of standards. There is the standard of God, and then there are the standards, plural, of the world. Because there, are, there isn't just one standard in the world. There is the standard, singular, of God, and there are the standards of the world. And they, they do not mesh well together. So here's a couple of foundational things, some scriptural foundations for standards. And that's really what a standard is. It's a foundation. Somebody I was talking to, uh, to my oldest son about this. He's like, so... You know, because you think of standard, like if you purchase something, do you want the standard package or the deluxe package? You're like, oh, standard, that's really not that. No, standard just means it's foundation. Standard means that's where you start from. And so when we know where we can start from, then it gives God permission to build upon that. But when our foundation is off and our foundation is broken or we lack a foundation, then it's really hard to begin to build on that in a way that's going to honor God and build life. Amen? Y'all are doing pretty good for a 9.15. I'm kind of excited right now. I think it's good. Steve, I think you kind of got him going, though, so that, that works out. All right, so Proverbs, here's, here's, here's some scriptural foundation here. Proverbs 20.10, it says, The Lord detests, that's a strong word, double standards of every kind. Which basically means he doesn't like it when there's two standards because they're competing against. How can somebody know which way is up and down when there's competing standards? What is right and wrong when there's competing standards? When someone says this is wrong, but then someone else says the exact same thing is right, well, then what do we do? God detests double standards of every kind. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. That's good. That's actually good news. I don't know if you knew that. Because if it's everyone, that means we're all in the same boat. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious, what, standard. 1 Corinthians 3.18 and 19, it says, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by the world's standards, You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. That's good stuff. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. It says, oh, don't worry, we wouldn't, I love Paul's, if you kind of read a little bit more in this one, Paul was feeling a little bit sarcastic and I just find that funny. He goes, oh, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves amongst themselves or with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. <laughs> and he's very, very gracious with his words right there. No, how ignorant. Basically saying, okay, if I can find somebody who's messing it up more than I'm messing it up, then I can feel better about myself because I have now set myself as the standard. So if I'm the standard to feel good about myself, all I have to do is find other people who are below my standard. And, uh, and God's saying, your standard stinks. Don't be ignorant. Comparison, I say this, comparison is a destiny killer. God is the standard. He's the standard that we should be shooting for. So if a standard is about a rallying point for people, then as it relates to the kingdom of God, we must know the standard that leads us in the ways of the kingdom of God and also be able to recognize false opposing standards. So we have, so here's the tension. We have the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God standards or standard, and we have the world standards. 
and they are oil and water. They do not mix. They do not cohabitate. They do not coexist. It just doesn't work. Like you can try as hard as you want with oil and water. Just, you know, let's, eventually we'll get them to work together here and you let go. No, they separate. And that's how it works. So when we have the spirit of God inside of us and we continue to allow ourselves to be measured by and live according to the standards of the world around us, it is going to create a conflict within you. And actually the fruit that will be produced from that is going to continue to create negative impact out of you. And what God's trying to do is God's never trying to bring us to a place of rules and regulations. He's never trying to bring us to a place of, hey, here's a list of the top 10 things that you can do, and here's 10 things that you can't do. Now go and be a Christian. That's that's not what God's getting at, but what he is getting at is relationship. When God created Adam and Eve, he wasn't looking for two people who would follow rules. He was looking for two people he could have intimate relationship with where he could, he could talk with them and walk with them and, and share his creation with them. Like he, God created creation not so God could take care of it. He, he created it so his, his likeness could take care of it. That's Adam and Eve. And that is also us. We have the ability to continue to steward over what God has given us. Is this okay? Happy Mother's Day. All right. So I, I think it's important for us to remember that, that when we observe the state of our world and global Christianity, and I'm using that word specifically and very importantly right now. I see, I see concerning things. I think there are convictions that are being demonstrated through Christianity in our world right now that do not match up with the standard of God. But they're having God's name slapped on it as a sticker of approval. And even using Holy Spirit in that way too. I just feel like the Holy Spirit tells me that he's okay with this. Well, does that line up with the word of God? See, that's why I love how God's smart, Right? Because he doesn't, he, doesn't make, he doesn't make his kingdom subjective. He doesn't make truth subjective. He doesn't make it relative. He makes it clear. And he gives us his word to make it clear. And he gives us Holy Spirit to confirm it. And so those two actually work in complete unification to lead us into the standard of righteousness and the standard of holiness. And so righteousness, and, and, and if you don't know this, um, if you haven't figured this out by now, uh, it's never going to be about whether you wear a tie to church or not. <laughs> exactly. I just can't do it. I just can't. I always feel like I'm being choked out or something. But, but I know for me growing up, like my, the church I grew up in didn't, didn't believe that, but sometimes it just kind of created this, all right, well, it's Sunday, so i got to put on my Sunday best, because that, which it also includes the way that I act and the look on my face. That's my Sunday best because I got to come in making everybody believe that I'm living up to God's glorious standard. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And uh, brother, sister, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, it's like we, we know how to say the things and do the things. And, and like if it's real, then great. If it's real, if it's not real, then I'm also not saying walk in the door and be like, well, life sucks and I'm depressed. So whatever, I'm here. You know, it's like, okay, maybe somewhere in the middle. Maybe somewhere in the middle so we don't just freak people out, you know. But at the same time, like we've created these external standards these visible, visual standards that are not in alignment with where our actual spirit is. It's not in alignment with how our soul is operating because our external tries to make it look like we are following the standard of God, yet on the inside, and maybe the decisions we're making that people don't know about, we are not honoring the standard of God. And so that's gonna create a conflict with inside of us. I'm not even talking about salvation right now because you can be saved and live a life of hell. And get to heaven one day and realize that I missed it. God's like, hey, you made it. You made it here, but you missed what I had for you there. 
And so if, if we can remove this religious spirit behind living holy for God, we can be empowered to see something special happen. Because honestly, the world is craving for the kingdom of God and the people who claim to be a part of it to actually prove what we say is true and to actually live it and to demonstrate it and to, and to show them that the way that we say people should live is actually a way that is gonna produce life and not produce religion. What they see at so many places is they see people who are saying that you should do a certain thing, but then they're watching the same people do a different thing. And what they hear them saying is different from what they see them doing, and what they see them doing is the same thing that the world is already doing. And so they're like, why would I change to believe what you believe when you're doing the things I'm already doing? You're the one living in turmoil. I'm the one over here just doing my thing. We've got to present life when it comes to the standard of God. Here's one of the challenges, and actually this got called out over 2,000 years ago. Paul's writing, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, who was at the time leading the church in Ephesus, a church that Paul had started. And he's just writing to encourage and remind Timothy of some things that he needs to be aware of. And I read this all the time, and it comes back as a reminder to me, even as a leader, as a pastor. He says, Timothy, in the presence of our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is destined to judge both the living and the dead by the revelation of his kingdom, I solemnly instruct you to proclaim the word of God, and I underline this in my Bible, and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit. I love that. He says, with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach people. I love that little last part in there because sometimes we want to just take the Holy Spirit and we want to take the word of God. You're like, you know, the Bible calls this the sword. I'm about to cut you with the sword, you know. And and we want to smack people around with the Holy Spirit. But Paul says, hey, no, the full expression of the Holy Spirit, but with wisdom and with patience, with patience. Nobody's progress is going to be as fast as you want it to be, including yours. So God in his wisdom and God in his patience, and if I may add, in his love and his grace and his mercy and his kindness, come on, God is with you as you are on this journey to figure out what is in me that is not of God yet and what is in me that I have given to the Lord. And am I, am I, am I moving in the right direction? Lost my place. Here we go. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers. This is sometimes you read the Bible like, this was written in 2021, I'm pretty sure. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. So be alert to all these things and overcome every form of evil. Carry in your heart the passion of your calling as a church planner and evangelist and fulfill your ministry calling. I love that. That's not just for church. That's for everybody. So the past few weeks as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy, one of Holy Spirit's primary uh, functions within us is to bring conviction, conviction of sin and of God's righteousness. And we last week, if you remember, we talked about how it's not just conviction to say, stop doing that. That's, that's a lot of times when we take over the Holy Spirit's job, that's kind of what we end up doing, even to ourselves. Just stop doing that. Like, why are you sinning? Stop doing that. But the Holy Spirit didn't, all right, listen to how I'm going to phrase this. The Holy Spirit did not come to make us stop sinning. 
The Holy Spirit came to replace our sin with God's righteousness. That's a big difference. Because you can stop doing anything for a period of time, but if you don't replace it with what you should be doing, you're going to go back to what you were doing before. If you're trying to change your eating habits and you're just like, I'm not going to eat donuts for a week. Just, I'm just not going to do it. And you don't replace it with another habit, well, you might make it a week, but you're going to get a donut. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, I'm going to work out whatever it is. Or maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's, your, maybe it's your thinking that you're trying to really grab a hold of. You know that your thinking isn't lining up with the thinking of God. If you don't change the way that you think, I'm not, not just stop thinking. Like, if you struggle with lust, stop lusting. Stop it. Stop. Stop, stop doing that. All right. You know, it's, you just get weird, right? He's like, okay, I'm stop. I'm stop doing the things I shouldn't do. Well, no, you're going to go back to it because you emptied it, but you didn't replace it with something else. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to be inside of us because from the inside out, from our spirit to our soul to our bodies, the Holy Spirit is working himself from the inside out to bring transformation to us, to change the way, not, not just the way that we think, but ultimately through that, changing the way that we live. Because there is a lifestyle of holiness and purity and righteousness that God desires us to live. And it is crystal clear in his word. God does not mince words when it comes to how he desires us to follow him and how our lifestyle can honor him. And so the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin and say, hey, listen, what you're doing is not what you should be doing. What you are doing is not honoring God. What you are doing is in, the, the, in opposition, actually, to what the word of God even says. So I want you to change. This is where repentance comes in. I want you to repent and change the direction. Because remember, repentance isn't just saying sorry because you got caught and God cracked a whip. That's not how that works. Repentance is God saying, hey, you're walking towards destruction, and I love you too much to let you go in that direction. So I'm going to grab hold of you by my love and grace, and I want to lead you in a different direction. 180 degrees, I want you to go in a different direction. That's what repentance does. And so when we say we're sorry to God, it's not just, you know, because when I was a kid and you got caught, right? You got caught, so you're like, sorry. You're like, really? Yeah. Why? Well, mainly I was sorry because I got caught. Would you have been sorry if you weren't caught? Probably not. <laughs> you know? Like that's not what God's going for. God is looking for a life change. He's looking for a transformation because when the Holy Spirit's transformation really begins to work inside of us, that's when the world begins to see something that is different. Something that is attractive. Something that they, they can see, you're, you, you may be pursuing the same goals as they may be pursuing it, but you're doing it in a different way. Maybe you have relationship goals. Guess what? People in the world have relationship goals. But there's a way that the world pursues relationship goals, and there's a way that, that God desires us to pursue relationship goals. And one of those is going to produce life, and it's going to produce joy, it's going to produce beautiful families, it's going to produce children that love and follow God, and the other one is going to produce heartache and pain and, and a lot of hurdles that are not completely overcomable, but they create these challenges and struggles and potentially things that we begin to pass on from brokenness and brokenness to generation to generation. Mm. We have another service. <clears throat> this just turned into a two-part. So you got to come back next week. Is that, a, is that a promise? All right, I heard your promise. That's great. This is what I want you to take away from today, though. God is looking to not just get us to stop doing something. He's trying to replace what was leading to death 
and replace it with a mindset, a lifestyle, and a spirit inside of us that will point us in the direction of life. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing because religion is going to continue to take you in the path of death. Religion is trying to go after God your own way, on your own strength, your own abilities, with your own convictions. Because everybody has convictions. There are no people who don't have convictions. We all have convictions. It's a matter of where your foundation is. Because when Christ is your standard, when the word of God is your standard, when the Holy Spirit is the thing checking you to make sure what your standard is, where your standard is, that's where your convictions will come from. And if conviction is coming from the Holy Spirit and conviction is leading you somewhere, then it needs to be done from a position of the word of God and from the leading of the Holy Spirit. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. That's fantastic. Mo, hop on up. Give me, give me something so I can pray and transition this. Is that okay? Does that make sense? Is that something you, I'm trying to figure out like in real time. Is that something you can take away from today and chew on it? Gave you some scripture, gave you some thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> you definitely have to be back next week because part two is going to break the internet or something like that. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. I don't think you can. I don't think you can break the internet. But hey, I want to pray for you. And, and this is what I want to pray for today because, this, again, this is going to have to carry you over to next week. My prayer for you today is that we would begin to invite the Holy Spirit in to begin to do a check. Okay, Holy Spirit, what is it? What are, and for some of us it's going to be easier than others. Because I know, like, in, this is one of the things I love about our church is that we always have so many people from at different stages in their walk with the Lord. Like we have folks here every single week that don't even know if they believe in this stuff yet. We have folks here every week that you've been walking with the Lord for generations and everything in between. I love that. And so, and that's, that's I love that expression. I feel like that's, that's spiritual diversity and I love that. And so it's so important for us to realize that maybe you don't have a context for what the standards of God really are. You know, one of the cool things though is that scripture tells us is that even though we may not know the word, there are still things that God has placed in our heart that we will know, like, like when I, I remember when I was younger, there were some things that I did. I knew it was wrong, and I didn't need a scripture to tell me <laughs> it was right here. I was like, uh, if I get caught, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. You know, it's like there was no "Thou shalt not," you know, sneak out of my bed and play video games. And my parents told me to go to bed. You know, it's like I just knew that there was something that was wrong that I shouldn't be doing. That's even that is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so here's my prayer: is that this week, Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday, that we would say, Holy Spirit, I invite your conviction into my heart. I invite you into my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. Would you search my heart? Would you search even my lifestyle? Help me to, help me to notice things that maybe are in a blind spot. Help me to see things that I have not yet fully given to you and help me to give them to you. Help me to not take shortcuts and goals that I have for my life, whether it's relationships or, or jobs or friends or whatever it is, trying to do little shortcuts that are gonna dishonor the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but maybe I'm trying to make something happen. Help me to see those things, God, and help me to be able to say, okay, God, now that you've identified those things, I repent of those things, would, would you not just convict me of what was wrong, but would you lead me into what is right? Would you lead me this week into the decisions that I have to make to begin to turn in a position to follow you in a way that's gonna honor my relationships, it's gonna honor 
my, my job, God, where you have placed me, and more importantly, God, in a way that's gonna honor you. Yeah, I'm just gonna pray for that right now. Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm so grateful for, uh, so grateful for your love, so grateful for your Holy Spirit work. God, I thank you that even, even your discipline, God, I know discipline has become a terrible word in our, in our world. And there's people who have done terrible things, but God, your discipline is, comes from a position of love. You come to correct us because you wanted to lead us in a way that is going to be what you created us for in a way that's gonna honor you. You've called the church to be a spotless bride that is gonna be able to shine bright for all the world to see. And Lord, we know that we don't have a chance if we're gonna try to do it on our own. We don't have a chance if we're gonna try to just through our own strength and our own justification, uh, try to make it happen. But Holy Spirit, we invite you to raise the standard in our life. Raise that standard of holiness. Raise that standard of righteousness. Raise that standard, Jesus, of putting our hope and our faith in you to come through, even in the moments where we're so tempted to take control of it ourselves and make it happen. We ask that you would do what only you can do, Jesus. Thank you for going so that you could send your spirit. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.